You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRubber.net, the home site of MindRubber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love, we talk about it episode by episode currently, we're covering Batman Beyond, uh, and then we also uh, talk about movies there. Uh, we just did uh, an episode for uh, Kick-Ass 2, and coming very soon, we're going to do an episode for The World's End. All of that can be found on the Mind Robbers Versus, and then, of course, our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we basically talk about everything else. If you like our shows, please review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, email those to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. But if you want to start a discussion, find the post of this episode and leave a comment to let us know what you're thinking, and then, most importantly, tell your friends. Uh, okay, so today we're talking about The Sensorites, which is a uh, William Hartnell-era a story uh, early William Hartnell. Um, we're, we're still got uh, Barbara and Ian and 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 Susan in tow. Uh, but uh, I there's a, I have thoughts. Um, so let's let's uh, let's talk about it. But first, um, what's the background significance, for Matt, for the Sensorites? Uh, yeah, the Sensorites. It's from the first season of uh, of Doctor Who, the very first season, um, which Ooh. I. I it's kind of crazy to just go back and be like, yeah, no, this was the first season. That's awesome. Uh, that is weird. But this, yeah, this takes place right after the Aztecs. Um, so we covered the Aztecs once upon a time. And this is uh, continuing the story that comes right after that. And like uh, Doctor Who in its early days, uh, this show was alternating between historical adventures and sci-fi stories. So they did the Keys to Mar- Keys of Marinus, which we talked about, and then they did a historical, and now they're doing a sci-fi story again before going back to a historical. Um, so uh, the Sensorites, it's written by Peter R. Newman, who, as far as I can tell, never really wrote another Doctor Who story. Um, uh, and it's directed by Mervyn Pinfield, who would go on and direct a bunch of other mediocre Doctor Who stories, <laughs> including the Space Museum, Galaxy Four, uh, and I think that's I think that's it. Oh, and Planet of the Giants. He did Planet of Giants. Um, so it, it's kind of birthed after that. Um, the other the thing that I found most interesting when looking at the background of this is this show was still trying to figure out what was going to happen with it. Um, Doctor Who nowadays, you're just like, oh, it went on for 26 years. Every season was an automatic renewal. Like, no, Doctor Who wasn't even sure. I think it was not sure it was coming back for a second season. They thought that this was going to end out the last the, the last season and then take a four-week hiatus. Um, that's not what happened. They ended up doing uh, Reign of Terror as the last story uh, before going on their four-week hiatus. Um but I just find it interesting that it's based on that. Other than that, uh, nothing else of significance. <laughs> this is just another Doctor Who story uh, with another batch of people. Um, I mean, the only I thing guess... the only thing is significance is I, 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the first uh, the first mention of uh, Susan and the Doctor's home planet? I don't think so. I think it was mentioned in Unearthly Child, the idea that they're from another planet. Um, but hmm. it's still early on. Like, this is the first one where they kind of dig a little bit into that. Okay. Um, I suppose. But yes. Okay. Um, all right. Well, before we move on, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. You can pre-order from DCBService.com by placing your orders uh, two to three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off, regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so uh, the Censorites. Um, so I watched this. Uh, it was alternating with um, – because we're doubling up on recording this week with uh, Versus, with our with our, our week of Versus episodes for Batman Beyond. So I alternated um, sen- the Censorites with uh, the six episodes of Batman Beyond that I was doing, um, <clears throat> which was a interesting way to watch this. Um, and I think that it made it go down a lot smoother. Um, like a lot smoother because I could I I really I can't imagine watching uh, six episodes straight of this. Um, I I think I I think I would have like driven myself insane. Um, mm-hmm. It was really boring. Um, let me let me let me uh, let me do a rundown of what the plot of this of the story is. Um, okay, so the plot of the story is that. Uh, the doctor and his companions, uh, the TARDIS lands, they come out of the TARDIS, they're on a ship, they find two, uh, two, like, seemingly dead bodies, um, which they then are able to wake up and they realize that they were in some sort of psychic trance that was like a coma, um, and they say that they're being, like, terrorized, psychically terrorized by these, these creatures called the Sensorites, who then show up, um, and start throwing their weight around. And, uh, and then one thing leads to another and, uh, they're all friends and they're eating a meal together. And then Ian gets, uh, Ian gets poisoned, um, and collapses. And the rest of the, the story turns into a whodunit as far as like who is poisoning, uh, the water, the sensorite water. Um, and then they figure it out and then, and then they leave. Um, and the doctor is very angry the whole, the whole story. Um, (laughs) <laughs> He's very angry and very hostile. Um uh this is not this is not my doctor. And I know that of course this is the first se- season so he like the doctor really is barely a thing at this point. Um but this is the first time that I've seen William Hartnell perform the doctor and me just be like that's what is this? I don't know what this is. Um I don't know who that is. Uh because if these creatures the sensorites uh, if if uh, sound loud noises are like weapons, like like it hurts them. Loud noises actually hurt them, and they cower in fear and pain whenever there are loud noises. And the doctor is continuously shouting at them and making them cower in pain and fear all the time when they're not really doing anything wrong. That's a problem. That's like that is a hundred percent not the doctor. Um, really was like. It rubbed me the wrong way. Um, so I I really didn't like this. I thought it was really boring. And I thought that, like, it was just a whodunit for six episodes. Um, 
And like, I just, I don't know. And I know they're still trying to figure out what the show is and, and they tried something different. And I, and I, I'm not uninterested in the idea of uh, a story that like, there's no reason this story needed to feature aliens outside of like the psychic stuff. There's really no reason this needed to be aliens. Like it was literally just a, uh, a who poisoned the water hole story. <laughs> and uh, you could do that anywhere. Like, I mean, they could have did it at the last chance saloon. Um, <laughs> uh, and it would have been the same, basically the same story. Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting that they went that route that where they're just like, well, it's sci-fi cause there's aliens. Um, and it's like, oh, I, okay, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, so that was like, I don't know. That's kind of interesting to see them telling a very like generic regular story, but with aliens and in space and stuff. Um, but I don't know. Just, just, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't know. It's very, it's very bland. It's so bland. It's like, it's like eating, it's like eating three hours of a of saltine crackers. <laughs> See, I don't, I don't quite agree. Like, look, I don't, I don't think that this is anywhere near the best story of the season. Um, uh, but I don't think it's. Well, is it the worst? I think it might be the worst. I think it's the worst of the season. Uh, no, no, I hate Reign of Terror. What am I talking about? Um. The, uh, the, look, I, I don't, I think that this story gets a bad rap. I don't think it's, I don't think it's nearly as bad as, as, as you say it is. But the reason for that is because, um. I didn't say it was bad. I, I said it was boring. Oh, well, boring. Don't put words in my mouth. It's boring. Sorry. It's not bad. There's nothing Sorry. wrong with it other than the way that the doctor's depicted. But again, that's not their, that's not the production's fault because they don't, they barely know who he is yet. But I'm saying it's boring. It's very boring. Mm. Yeah, it it is uh it is it is it is uh it is boring. Um and the thing is that this is just like a very slow story. And I think that the reason for that is because Peter R Newman keeps changing his story every episode, I think. Um more than I think any other writer really tends to do. And the reason for that is because um I look at this and the thing that kind of impressed me when I watched it last and that I think holds now is that every episode of this, this, this is the only story I think that really doesn't hold. If you watch it all in one, in one go, um, everything else just kind of, you can be like, Oh, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. Um, but this story, you know, you said it basically who poisoned the water hole. Like for the first three episodes, that is not what this story is about at all. Um, it, this story, the, this story starts out with who are the sensorites. And then for the next two episodes, it's who poisoned the water. And then for the last two episodes, it's like, let's go get those guys who poison the water. Um, and I think that that's an interesting distinction to make. If only because, you know, the thing that people kind of forget about this is that each episode has a discrete title up until, you know, almost the end of the Hartnell era. Every, every episode has a discrete title. And so, you know, this to me feels like six more episodes in the era of the of the Susan, um, as I'm going to say, uh, because it doesn't like it. They don't they don't really they don't hold together like it just all of a sudden it becomes a story about who poisoned the water hole. Like if you look at the first two episodes, this story ends up totally different from where it started. Totally different. Um, the first episode of this is a 
spooky haunted house horror story. Um, it's a slow spooky haunted house horror story, but I find I quite really enjoy the first episode. I think that it's the best part of this where they're just, they walk out into this ship and the ship is being haunted by something and they just kind of have to figure out what it is. And that last episode or that last beat cliffhanger of the sense right outside is just great. Um, it's right out of the really, twilight zone. Yeah, totally. <laughs> There's something on um, the wing, something. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It is exactly that, but it, I mean, it's, it's still terribly effective for me. Um, and I find that, you know, there's a real. I, I find a lot of excitement out of first episodes of Hartnell stories, in particular, um, especially the longer ones like Reign of Terror, for example. Like, I don't love that story, but I love the first episode, and I love the first episode of the Space Museum and the Web Planet more than I like the rest of those stories. Even though I do like the rest of the Web Planet, but this, I mean, I really enjoy the weird explorationness of the first episode, um, and I like the rest of it, and I like the sense right politics. Um, I like that the city administrator is a real dick. Um, that guy is just like what a complete butthole he is. Like just, he just <laughs> he's just like he's just like no, I'm gonna do a coup right now, and and everyone's just like, I I guess <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like they just kind of go along with it, making themselves accessories to mutiny. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's just like, you were elected, but no, I'm not. It's not good enough. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the second elder now. And the second elder's like, what? And he's just like, and he's just like, no, this is happening. And he just takes the sash, and then he's suddenly second elder. And the second elder's like, oh man, he like al- he also runs on Salem rules. Oh my god, he runs on Salem rules. <laughs> Where he's just like he's just like uh, we're not going to give him the antidote because if he survives he's a he's a lying he's lying about being poisoned and if he dies well then I guess we'll have our answer. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh, all right, um, that's one way to do it, I suppose. I don't I don't think it's the uh, uh, the, the best way to finding the answer, but uh, all right, fine. <laughs> That thing, that thing where everyone was saying that you are barbarians. This is why they're saying that, just so you're aware. Because wow. <laughs> he just like he just doesn't care. Um, he just doesn't care. And I love that the 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 crux of his entire thing is like he's the city administrator, so he's wearing like a collar, right? Like that's what he's wearing. So he takes off the collar and he puts on a single sash. And the first elder has a double sash, and he has a single sash, which means that he's the second elder, so he's the second in charge. And none of the censorites realize that he's not the actual second elder. Like, the censorites cannot even recognize each other within themselves. Like, it's it's so dumb. Like, it's so dumb. Especially when you look at... I, I don't know if you notice this, but one of the things that people talk about in this story, and I think it's worth mentioning, is that all of the masks of the censorites all kind of look different. Mm-hmm. Um, they all look like people, like within the context of things like, you know, it's the way that it's like how Klingons all have different ridges. Um, mm-hmm. All the sensorite masks look totally different. And the story hinges on that. They don't look different. And I love that. Uh, I love that the production completely outstripped Peter Newman's lack of ambition. Um, <laughs> and it's just like, it's just such an amazing cognitive disconnect. And I just, I love it. Um, I just, oh, I love, I love that so much. Um, and it's, I mean, I just, I think that it's, I think that there's a lot here that is, that is likable, but it is a death by a thousand tiny cuts. Um, and it's a bummer. Uh, it's a bummer. Uh, 
because the story the story just kind of ends because he was just like well finally I got to the ending point and let's mm-hmm. just put the doctor on the TARDIS and the second elder the guy who replaces the second elder that, that really awful evil sensor right is completely taken down off screen like just they're just like they're just I think there's a line in there where they're just like oh yeah no we took care of him mm-hmm. while the doctor is off you know stopping the uh the crazy guerrilla army from uh from murdering more sense rights and i just oh, i love that i think it's so funny where he's just they're just they're just like oh well i guess that's taken care of and done and dusted <laughs> it's over i would also uh i also wonder if the script wasn't running late for this story because there's mm. a point in episode five where people keep missing their line cues and keep flubbing their lines like they keep stumbling over their dialogue or like there's a one point where the doctor is talking and uh, he takes a pause and somebody tries to say their next line and then he continues because he has more lines and then they mm-hmm. repeat what they just said when he's finally done. <laughs> and I'm just like, woo, man, like it's like it was like watching a bad play. Mm. Um, yes. And I was like, yes. wow, that's. And I and I would like I would hope to think, you know, that these actors are professionals and that this happened because Peter Newman didn't know how to turn in a script on time. Um, mm. So, well, I mean, part of it is like the, the Hartnell era is 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 infamous for having people just mess mess up lines and stuff mm-hmm. um, because they did everything in one take. They weren't really like one take, maybe two because um, they did not have money to uh-huh. do more than that. So, I mean, they probably, like, they messed up probably because they weren't able to take another take of that, which I like, that's part of the reason for that. Like, who knows? Maybe they were running behind. The other thing that's interesting is, like, you mentioned it's in episode five. Episodes five and six are actually directed by Frank Cox. Um, So, like, they had a brand new director who was probably a little flustered by jumping in, you know, (laughs) four episodes into a story. Mm. So, I mean, that that probably didn't help it at all. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's 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 that. Um, I couldn't get over the sexual tension between Susan and John. Oh, there's so much sexual tension. I couldn't get over it. I was I was just like, well, you guys are, you you got you guys are doing stuff off camera. Like, <laughs> that's something that's happening. Like, it's obvious. Um, it was it was it was hard to watch. Uh, every time they were on screen together, it was just like, oh man. Like they're about to jump each other. Like as soon as somebody says "cut," <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's uh, what Susan does. <laughs> oh man! At least, at least it wasn't with a sensor, right? That's for sure. Well, uh, yeah, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Well. Mm. I mean, also, Barbara disappears with... for two episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. The reason for that, you know, why they did that, right? You know why they did that? Because she because she needed two days off. <laughs> two weeks off, actually. <laughs> Um, but, but it took yeah, him a I mean, week to shoot an episode. Yeah, that's how they shoot Doctor Who. Wow. Well, well, okay. Look, it's actually the way that Doctor Who was produced back in the day um, is basically it's produced like a multicam sitcom where they do a table read and then they rehearse for four days and then they do one day where they just put it up and shoot everything in one day. Oh, okay. so. Yeah, so she, when she's out for two episodes, she's out for two weeks. Oh, okay. Because they would be shooting on Saturdays or something. Um, gotcha. 
So you, you look at, and then what happened is no one really had time off for the first couple batches of episodes. And then once the show gets picked up um, and they get past Marco Polo, they just start giving people a couple weeks off. So that's why Hartnell disappears for two episodes in Marinus and Susan's written out of an episode or two of the Aztecs. Barbara's written out of two episodes of this. And then Ian's written out of two episodes of Reign of Terror. Um, mm. So they were just kind of rotating through people so that they could just everyone could get like a break and stuff. Um, uh, which makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Sure. The grueling punishing schedule this is. Um, but yeah, no, she's just missing. And then I love that at the end of uh, an episode, an ep- like she just randomly returns in episode six. Mm-hmm. And episode three is just like, yeah, I'll just stay up here. Like episode three, she's just like, yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be fine up here. You and you and everyone else just go have a vacation, go get them, scamp. Like that's literally what happens in episode, like for, for like for like those two episodes. Like she's just like, yeah, no, I'll just hang out up here. Yeah, and then she's done. It was like the easiest week for for Jacqueline Hill. Yeah, and I just have in my gone. notes, oh hello again, Barbara. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you kind of don't really notice that she's missing. Yeah. Like, and it's not. And it's well, not she like wasn't fault, doing just, much for the first three episodes anyway. So yeah, like she just spent a lot of time cowering for the first three episodes because it was all on the spaceship and stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh. But, and it's. I mean. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's. It's fine. Like I think that the thing about the sense rights is like I think it's unfairly maligned. I think that it's it's. Uh, it is boring, but it's also like one of those stories that really suffers from sixties pacing. Um. But overall, like, I don't know. I think that there is a lot to like about it. There's, they do try to make the, the, the sensorites into really different aliens and really interesting aliens. The, the idea that they have opposite of cat eyes, so, like, they can't see, like, they cannot see in darkness at all. Um, and the part where, <laughs> so this is just like, hey, so, uh, so Mr. First Elder, you trust everyone, right? And he's just like, yeah, I trust everyone. And she's like, Why? And he's just like, what do you mean, why? And she's like, trust has to be earned and not freely given. And he just goes, he just goes, he just goes, I, I guess, I guess you're right. And it's like, oh, yes, Susan, let's bring evil into a society. Good job. <laughs> like, just let's bring, let's just bring distrust and discord and lying. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, you have a, you have a world where everyone tells the truth and Susan just starts lying to people and, and all the people are just like, oh, we can lie. And you've just ruined, like, Eden. Like, yeah. it's just it's, so bad it's so so bad um but i mean like i don't know i, I think it's i think it's fine i think it's, i think it's fine mostly harmless and boring but mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like i love just the weirdness of hartnell's first season like it's just such a weird i can do anything season mm-hmm. and that one shot of the like of the doors opening onto the spaceship in episode one and them walking out into the spaceship from the tardis is mad it's majestic that is a really um, good shot yeah, it's really, really, really. Although good. seriously, if you're gonna put people into a coma, like at least put them into comfortable positions. Oh, totally. Oh my god, the the cricks they had to have in their neck when they woke oh. up. They're both yeah. sitting in chairs, just like slooped forward with their head like hanging down, like their their chin on their chest. Ugh. And they're just like that. And who knows how long they were like that? <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I can't. What is that? I can't imagine what that would feel like waking up from that. Oh, it God. must feel awful. Oh, it must feel God. awful. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the sensorites. Uh, before we uh, wrap up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, absolute edition, graphic novel collections at 35 to 45% off, uh, plus new release specials at 50% off. 
Um, and then also, of course, uh, the uh, the Doctor Who 50th anniversary sale has started on InStock Trades. So go there and get all of the um, IDW uh, Doctor Who books uh, from InStock Trades uh, this week. And remember, uh, stock up because all orders over $50 get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Uh, next week, David Tennant and Daleks of Manhattan Evolution of the Daleks, which is an episode I believe I haven't watched since it aired. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not very good. No. <laughs> but it does have Andrew Garfield in it. It does. Which is nice. It, yes. It does have Andrew Garfield. Uh, it'll be a, an interesting revisit. Um, yes. Because uh, I have a feeling of what how I'm going to feel about it, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, having watched it a couple times doesn't hold up. Okay. <laughs> It's not, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is, it is not good. Okay. It is not good. Maybe, maybe I'll change my mind, but I just remember watching it and being like, you know, I get where you're coming from, but no. Did, did, uh, did, uh, Russell D. Davies write that? No, it's written by Helen Rayner, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Um, that is. Who did Centauran Stratagem. Uh, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I can feel the, that voice between those two things. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same person, and it's directed by someone. Uh, it's directed by James Strong, who I don't remember what else he did, but mm. I don't think he did a lot of other things. Um, but yeah, all it's, right. It's oh, oh, it's from it's from the director of The Impossible Planet. <laughs> oh, and plan and Planet of the Dead. So like a mediocre director, or not mediocre, but an average director. Mm. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see. I am not looking forward to it because I don't think it's very good. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, if nothing else, uh, David Tennant. Yes. What can you do? Um, Martha. Martha. Ar- also Martha. I love Martha. I don't care. Uh, she's great. Uh, I love Martha. She's, she's just wonderful. Um, and we only got a season of her, so there you go. Um, all so right. Let's burn two of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. God. Uh, on, a, on, a, on, like, one of the worst Dalek episodes. <laughs> um yeah and then on the other side of that uh frontier in space third doctor planet of the dead another 10th doctor wow another 10th doctor yeah we're a little we're a little stacked up on 10th doctor stories right now yeah that'll go away uh crotons uh on the other side of that which is the second doctor then father's day ninth doctor modern undead fifth doctor and then the classic invasion of time fourth doctor and then survival, and then we're starting our countdown. Yeah. Which will keep this countdown under wraps. But that tells you everything that's coming up for the next, like, two months. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff. Mm. All, a bunch of stuff in there that I'm really excited for. The Crotons in particular, just because I'm really interested to see what you think of it. Oh, uh, I can't wait. I've had it for, like, a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, uh, I've got to start – I've got to buy more Doctor Who stories soon. So, mm. Yeah. I'll help you with that. It's time. Yeah. You got to help me with that. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, all right. Well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. But in the meantime, uh, listen to our other podcasts. Uh, the Mind Robbers, our flagship podcast, where, uh, where, what do we just, what do we just talk about on that show? We just talked about uh, a Swamp Thing and Alias and Felicity. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then this week on the show, we'll be talking about uh, Chuck and Gossip Girl. 
um, as our pilots. Uh, we're doing this thing called the study in pilots where we look at pilots, we compare and contrast, um, figure out what works, what doesn't. Um, and usually they're related in some way, uh, sometimes in creator, um, other times. In, and actually we've been sort of on a, on a creator connection kick, um, for, for the past like three episodes. Um, but uh, sometimes it's just like a theme or a setting or subject matter or uh, genre, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what we've been doing on the show lately. Uh, so check that out. And um, then the, the Mind Robbers versus Batman Beyond, uh, which is uh, so awesome. So awesome. Uh, and then, of course, uh, our reviews for Kick-Ass 2, uh, which was an hour long. We really, uh, we really tore into that movie. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Uh, and then the world's end should be uh, coming up at the end of this week. So um, make sure that you uh, check that out as well. Um, and then you can also you can just follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also, Scott Commentary, where I live tweet things. Uh, like uh, Return of Swamp Thing is going to be a thing we're going to do because, oh, yes. wow. Um, oh, yes. I <laughs> can't wait to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungadin, also my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash jdcommentary, where I live tweet things like Return of Swamp Thing, uh, because America's favorite superhero is back. <laughs> uh, you can also... You can, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that, was, that was their pitch. That was their pitch. Uh... Uh, and then you can also check out my blog, classicalcalifrey.blogspot.com, where you can find all of my reviews on classic stories, including the Sensorites, where I talked about the Sensorites, I believe. Uh, and it was really, really, really uh, in-depth and fascinating to look at from a pull-it-apart thing. So, hmm. yeah, check it. All right. Well, that's check it. it. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week with uh, Daleks in Manhattan, Evolution of the Daleks. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.